Discover the leader in you with Dr. Jason Carson. Former New England Patriot turned PhD, Dr. Jason brings a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the NFL Players Association, and the White House, each week, Dr. Jason will prescribe empowering, motivational, life-changing medicine for your soul. It's time to discover the leader in you. Now, here's Dr. Jason. All right, everybody. Well, hey, I'm excited. We are going to have an amazing guest on the show today. But I just want to welcome everybody to another edition of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. And today's title is How Publishing Can Open the Door to Tremendous Opportunities and a Lasting Legacy. Now, while there are many different ways to get your story out in the mainstream, publishing still offers one of the best ways to create a lasting legacy of impact. Whether you choose to publish a book in the traditional sense or if you decide to leverage the online marketplace, publishing should always be a consideration. Now, on today's show, we have a very special guest, Mr. Carl Sarfi, a successful businessman and a published author who will share his insights on content publishing and how to create immediate and lasting impact with content publishing. But before we do that, I just want to remind everybody to please navigate to Jason Carthen. Dot com where I actually have a free gift for you. If you navigate over to the right side of the page, I'll have three success videos that will come to you automatically once you sign up. We care about your personal development and then also your professional development. So definitely make sure you go to jasoncarthen.com. Take a look. We have some great things there for you. Now, before, before we get into this uh, great conversation with Carl, I want to tell you a little bit about him. And I have to tell you that this guy has been busy. <laughs> he is the CEO of Maximum Business Performance. He ha- actually has had a very successful selling career in real estate and was formerly North American director of two nonprofit organizations, raising millions of dollars. In 2004, Carl was privileged to become the first eBay education specialist in Canada and has conducted seminars teaching others how he made over $36,000 in less than 90 days online. Now, Carl is an avid reader and learner and has trained with top internet marketing experts such as Jeff Walker, Rich Sheffron, and others. However, one of his greatest training achievements was as a protege of Jay Abraham, considered by many to be the father of modern-day marketing. Now, having spoken on national TV as a guest host on numerous occasions, he is also available as a keynote speaker. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Carl resides in Burlington, Ontario, Canada, and has been married to his wife, Sonia, for over 20 years, and has four lovely children, Christy, Alicia, Josiah, Shekinah, and seven grandchildren. We really got to talk about that, Carl. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Wow, I can't believe you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I tell you what, I was looking at that bio and I said, wow, this guy is busy, but that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Absolutely. I had a hard time keeping, cutting things out, and that's always the that's always the thing. It doesn't fit into a typical resume. No, no, it doesn't. But to be honest with you, looking at your background and seeing so many of the things that you do, you're not really a typical guy. So, you know, my my thought processes are, hey, if you can put the information in there, let's let people know about it so they can learn and grow from you. That's a big deal. Well, thank you. I, it's a privilege to be on the, on the show. I'm, I'm very excited for a couple of reasons. And, and one is when I when I took a look at what you're doing, I thought, wow, you know, the impact you're having with leadership on youth and, and the different programs you're involved in. I, you know, hats off to you, uh, Dr. J. I'm really, uh, I'm very, it's very exci- exciting and it's an honor to be uh, connected with you. Oh, well, thank you, Carl. Well, hey, this is long term for me. I'm sure we'll stay connected and there's plenty of things we can actually do together. So now let me ask you, you, <laughs> you've been doing a lot. And when I saw that that blurb about 36,000 in less than 90 days, I knew that some of our listeners were thinking, okay, well, wow, how can I do that? Because that's, that's a good deal, you know, of money there in 90 days. So we're going to talk about that a, a little bit here, but let me ask you, when you start thinking about, uh, 
content publishing. Many of our listeners, Carl, may not even know what that is. Can you can you give us an idea of what content publishing is? Sure, sure. What comes to me, and I, and I thought about, I could easily pull off other definitions that I really, uh, really like out there. Uh, but I thought, what does it, what does it really mean to me? And I think that, in a nutshell, um, content publishing really is about creating content that's informational. Uh, inspirational and educational. Now, we have a lot of content being created out there, of course, that can be enter- entertainment, which is fine. But when we talk about the sense w- that we're discussing here, I really believe that it, it needs to have some kind of informational, educational, and inspirational impact. So education, to me, needs to have an, in- an inspiration component to it because that, that's what really gets you excited about activating what you've learned. Right, right. No, and that's good. And I think, you know, I'm a strong proponent of making sure that people have different arrows in their quiver, that they can pull in certain situations and use in those types of situations they run into. So when you're talking about the the knowledge side of it, you're not just talking about just putting stuff out there. You're really talking about some quality material that people can learn from and draw back upon, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the biggest thing here. It's funny, I've been meditating on this quite a bit because, as you know, I'm very active on social media and, and there are other things I have going on as well with, with publishing. But there is so much misinformation and disinformation out there. There's so much, it's like, how do you sift and sort? How do you, even, how do you get through all this stuff? How, does it, how do you get a hold of information? And, and really, let, let me just back up. What we're really seeking, I believe, it's transformation. Right. We want to, we're not really looking for uh, information as such because there's a lot of that out there. But the question mark really is, is how do you sift and sort through the myriad of information out there so that it becomes transformational in your life? I don't know if that makes sense to you. but No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I think you're right. So many people are getting different messaging. You know, I mean, whether people are yeah. trying to, you know, sell their products or whether people are trying to give you information uh, just from the armchair. They may not have any research to back it up. There's a lot of information that's being thrown at you right now. And, you know, I love the idea of of what you're describing, Carl. I mean, you want quality uh, information. You want something that's going to help people develop and grow for long term. So, yeah, I'm tracking with you. This is good stuff you're talking about. I appreciate that. You know, I've been at this for a number of years. I've been I remember when I was 12 years old, I used to go to bed with a notepad and a pen, and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd write down my ideas. So when we talk about content publishing, I guess I really started when I was 12 years old, <laughs> at least from what I can remember. Well, that's good, though. I mean, hey, you you know what? It's, it's so funny. I know you're a believer, and I absolutely love that. You know, God places uh, a gifting, you know, in our hearts, and we have an expectation of whether or not we're either going to follow that gifting, uh, whether at a young age or even at a when you get older, it doesn't really matter, but you have to make a decision to jot down some of those things, make the decision whether or not you're going to follow after what God is placing upon your heart. So it sounds like even at 12, you know, you were being motivated to follow after your dreams and write this stuff down. So that's good stuff. Well, you know, it's really interesting, too. It kind of carried on later on in life, of course. My life took a different path. But one of the things that, that got me into this whole thing, I have to say, is I read a book, and it was in 1987, and it was by an author by the name of Charles Garfield, and he wrote a book called Peak Performers. I'll never forget it because I went out and bought a copy. I lost it somewhere, so I went out and bought another copy of it just so I could have it and sift through it. But it really changed the way I saw life. And the, in, in summary, the book was about peak performers and how they achieve what they achieve and the things that they do. That's kind of the summary of the book. And it changed me. It motivated me to start getting on this lifelong quest mm-hmm. of learning, uh, and, and not just learning, but transformational learning. And that's when you may remember when cassettes were in vogue at the time. I was studying Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and Dr. Dennis Waitley and, uh, you know, anything I could get my hands on. Um, Roger Dawson, Secret of Power Negotiating. Uh, I literally got the understanding that I could have a university education literally on wheels. That's post-education. Uh, you know, I thought that was really important to continue on because I could also run from that call of God, too, as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have many people that still do that. But, you know, one of the things I want to touch on there that you just talked about. Now, we're talking about content publishing and we're also talking about just really understanding how publishing can open the door to tremendous opportunities and a lasting legacy. Now, you got started uh, some time ago because you mentioned tapes. Now, some of yeah. our listeners, <laughs> I know my, my children don't even know about tapes <laughs> in that way. So you've been doing this a while, Carl, huh? We have it in the family museum. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah it's um, interesting. Yeah, I started years ago. The first actual, if we want to talk about official, legitimate content I published, um, and I think when we talk about publishing, we're, uh, one thing I want to say to the listeners, your listeners, is number one is we're all, we all publish content, whether it's a text, whether it's an email. But yes. to answer your question, um, tapes, yeah, I started producing syllabuses, uh, teaching syllabuses, and it was uh, for a church my wife and I had pastored years ago. And what I did was I created eight modules in different segments. One would be on teaching on faith, one would be teaching on the gifts, one would be teaching on uh, uh, church government, those types of things. And I put, I created uh, two 90-minute um, uh, tapes every time I did a session, or I'm sorry, a 90-minute tape, cassette tape, double-sided, 45 minutes each side, and then I produced a syllabus with, uh, for the student with blanks in it. So as I actually taught the course, I recorded it on tape, had a high-speed dubbing machine, and produced a, a content where other churches were actually inviting me uh, to go and teach the programs, but also um, not only teach, but to use the syllabus and the cassettes as training material for their own uh, curriculum. Oh, my goodness, Carl. That sounds like you were creating not only high-powered workshops, but people would have the opportunity to take some of these things home as, as work-study courses or absolutely. things like that? Absolutely, absolutely. And that was really my – this was really before the digital – Era came out. I, I was, I was, I was right in the in the cusp of that. But I loved it so much. I, I really believe that God gave me the opportunity to ground myself in this whole content publishing uh, knowledge base in that in that uh, in that time frame. I produced thirteen syllabuses at that time. Every section, I had a minimum of eight tapes. I think some of them might have had twelve, so I had a little bit more than eight. I might have had twelve modules in that in, in, for some of those, just because of the uh, depth of the material. One, one was uh, Foundational Christian Doctrine. I believe we had uh, part one and two, which was two, uh, two, tapes, uh, two sets of eight. So it would have been 16 tapes. Oh, my goodness. Wow, Carl. Well, you know, let me ask you, and I want to, I guess, uh, divert here a little bit. Now, sure. you had all of that intellectual property. And for our listeners, I mean, we've talked about it before, but when you create something, Basically, it's your property and, and becomes intellectual property. It doesn't have to be tangible at that point. And, Carl, it sounds like you had quite a bit and probably still do uh, a bit of intellectual property. Now, are you able to repurpose that now? I mean, you, you're talking about having different syllabi and having uh, probably work workbook material as well. Uh, right. Are you able to repurpose that now since we are definitely in the di digital space at this point? Are you doing any of that repurposing now? I'm really glad you asked that question. You're putting me on the spot and you're holding me accountable, right? Uh-oh, you're in trouble, it sounds like. I'm going to have to talk to uh, your bride here in a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. She holds my feet to the fire as well. Uh, the interesting thing is, it's it's how what direction do I want to go with this? Because again, there's a lot of information on the on the internet, and and really, it's about producing value. It's not just producing information for information. That time in my life, that those those syllabus, those those syllabi were very important for those specific topics. Many of them still are today. Mm -hmm. And getting into the transition, I, I would probably take uh, take my notes and go to do some video as well as the audio segment. So I'm looking at, it's interesting you're asking, because I am looking at uh, starting uh, several podcasts in the next couple of months, one of them specifically to spiritual growth and development. I'm actually teaching in an Egyptian church uh, to a group of youth, and we're starting, uh, we're, our discussion is specifically on uh, their spiritual development. So absolutely, uh, the short answer to your question is yes, I am in the works to start taking some of that content and putting it digital. Wow, that is great. Well, hey, we are on the line with Carl Sarfi. He, Sarfi, he is actually doing quite a bit of 
publishing even right now, and it's it's not just in the traditional space. It sounds like he's doing some things where he's getting ready to ramp up in the digital space as well. But I tell you what, Carl is somebody you want to connect with. And Carl, you know, let me ask you, if people wanted to get in contact with you or if they wanted to interact with you, do you have a website or a phone number or even on Twitter, social media? What, what are your handles there? How do we get in contact? Absolutely. Twitter, I've really been taking a, a real uh, push for that now. And it's, um, I'm, uh, of course, my handle is Carl Sarpy. That's C-A-R-L, last name, F-A-R, F as in Frank, I, Carl Sarpy. So at Carl Sarpy, that's my Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. My website is MaximumBusinessPerformance.com. And I pushed out a social media site recently, and it's imanagesocial.com. It's just an I, and then managesocial.com. So email Great. address, Carl at MaximumBusinessPerformance. Dot com straightforward or carl at imanagesocial.com excellent excellent and hey everyone take note of that i've gone out to the website very nice uh, colorful robust you definitely want to connect with carl we're also connected on twitter he's active on there so make sure you stay connected with him and stay stay connected not only for the purpose of uh, publishing but just understanding how he moves and navigates in terms of uh, publishing and then also social media i think that would be a good idea for people that may be just getting started in publishing. And speaking of that, Carl, let me ask you, you know, in your opinion, what are some of the different forms of content publishing that are actually out there right now? Great, great question. I pondered this, and there are so many different forms. Of course, you have text. Now, we can't overlook text publishing. You've got Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, all your social media properties. You've got blogs, websites. You've got e-books. You've got self-publishing, where you can create a physical book and have it shipped. You have podcast publishing. There are so many different channels of distribution that you can get into. There's the um, podcast radio programs. You can create digital audios and upload them, or digital videos and audios and upload those. There are so many different, I call them distribution channels. Okay. Okay. Well, let's unpack. Let's unpack one of those then. I mean, because that's a lot. I mean, you, (laughs) I I think our listeners are probably going, okay, he just overwhelmed (laughs) me right now. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) if you had to, no, if you had to take one of those and just sort of uh, unpack it a little bit for our listeners, which, which one would it be? You know, which one offers the most value? Unfair question. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, why that is. Let me, let me, I was under the social media radar for quite a while, and there was a reason for that. I did that strategically because there was a lot of people pushing out a lot of content, and I, and I kind of observed that. I think one of the biggest things, the biggest statements I would make to your listeners right now is you want to observe. You want to look at something you're very interested in. You want to take a look at what niche. You know, you might have an expertise in something, or maybe you want to get an expertise in something. So you start by listening. It's kind of like you don't walk into a conversation and start speaking. You walk in the middle of a conversation and start by listening, and then you in, in ask some questions, and then perhaps you offer some ideas and suggestions once you get a greater understanding of the conversation. Whether you're dealing with social media or producing information on a blog or on your website, it kind of works the same way. You, you, you want to start not by looking at what platform is the most valued, but really what niche do you want to look at? What what, what area do you want to have an impact? And that, you may have a, a couple of them, but start with one. Mm. And then I would start by listening. And, and how, how you can do that in a number of different ways. And it's, as you and I said, you know, you start watching Twitter feeds. You start honing in on, on people that are experts in, in, the, in the niche that you uh, want to move in. Or you start reading books. You start going on Amazon and looking at some of the reviews. Now, all I'm doing here, before I start getting into the actual publishing of content, I'm asking a fundamental question because so many people want to understand which is the most value, but really we have to kind of step back and say, okay, who's the person that our information is going to be of the most value? Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of unpack their persona. What do they look like? What are their, um, let me give you an example. Um, We've uh, produced a, uh, some digital content. It's actually a video content program. It's called street smart defender for women. It was a concept. A friend of mine came up from the States uh, we did some high-end video recording. We uploaded the video to Amazon, and then we said, okay, who is our avatar? Who is the person that is most likely to really appreciate and value this information? So what we did was we put together an avatar or a persona, and we asked some questions. And some of those we drilled down. What's their, 
uh, what's their biggest source of pain? What is their biggest fear? You know, what are the things, what, what keeps them awake at night? These were real questions that we started to answer, and some of those answers were did they fear getting raped or abducted or physically abused. Uh, perhaps they were former victims or, they were, or they're socially responsible. So in a nutshell, what I'm saying is before we get into platforms, we really want to kind of unpack, and I, I'm kind of giving you a quick overview there, and then if I want to start building something very quickly, I could say, okay, let me start posting a few blog posts on information that I understand to educate that particular persona or avatar. Excellent. Let me start with my personal Facebook page, and I think many people out there have one. If they don't, they can invite their friends, and they can start talking and practicing publishing content right from there. That's where I would probably start first, and Twitter would probably be some, a very, very close uh, second to that because then I want to start getting into more brevity and things like that. But I hope that answers your question. No, absolutely. I think that's great, and, and most importantly, you just provided a framework you know, for our listeners to begin the process. You know, And I think you know, that is the whole purpose of Discover the Leader in You. So many people have these thoughts, these goals, these aspirations, not just to publish, but even to speak or uh, develop their own niche, as you shared. And, you know, they need to have an understanding of where do we begin? Because what I've found when I travel all over the country, whether I'm doing a workshop or a training or a keynote or whatever it may be, is that people have these great ideas, Carl. They want to do these things, but something called the paralysis of fear <laughs> sets in. Yeah. And, and, of course, that's me. I'm poking fun there because I, I share that with people. But it's almost like they have all these great ideas, but fear stops all of it. And uh, one of the ways to combat that fear is to do what you were just describing, you know, come up with those steps, start slow, you know, and make it a progression, you know, make it a progression yeah. and really go from there. So, no, I love what you shared. That was great. Now, let me ask you, kind of switch gears here a little sure. bit, and it's keeping in line with a little bit of what we're talking about, but how does someone get started? You know, you're you're sharing all these great things, all these different platforms, but if they've never published content before, Carl, how do they get started, and, and how, how easy can it be to get started? You know, that is an amazing uh, question because – I, I never really thought about it. I just started doing it, you know, and, and then you have to break it down and say, okay, well, how do I really do this whole thing? And that was what came out of the eBay program that I, that I created that became a digital, or that became a video product. But I, want, I, I wrote down some points because I didn't want to leave anything out. Now, someone's, someone may have different points to doing this, but let's say you're starting from scratch. And the first thing I would say is don't doubt yourself. Mm. You know, I think, you know, paralysis by fear, there's two things, paralysis by analysis, Paralysis by fear, I agree with that. I think the third component, which is equally powerful and debilitating, is, is uh, self-doubt. Yes. You know, no one started out, and I thought about your career, actually, and, of course, you, you, as you know, I'm a black belt in martial arts, and I started that because I was, uh, I was beat up and bullied in school, and I just didn't want to get beat up and bullied anymore. So there that's why go. I started, yeah. So Excellent. That was, that was my impetus for doing that. But I thought about your career, and I thought, gee, how did someone become a professional football player? And I thought, you, didn't, you weren't born that way. You didn't come out of the womb that way. You started with some basic fundamentals. Even when you go to training camp, and this is, this is kind of like I used to parallel with martial arts and, and, uh, and, and football that way because I quit football to take martial arts. So I, I never went in the NFL direction. But the point, the point I'm making is simply this. There are basic principles and basic fundamentals. If you grasp those first, and you put those building blocks in, and, and you keep uh, practicing and repeating and refining those fundamentals. That's what can take you to the expert um, abilities, or the mm. or the super athlete abilities, or the super um, maybe information product or publisher abilities. It doesn't start by doing that first. You've got to start with a practical fundamental. So let me just list a couple of things here and I'll give you a brief summary of what those are. And I started talking about niche first. So you really want to look at what areas of interest you possess. Write down a, maybe a list of things that you're experienced at or you would like to be experienced at and learn more about. That's number one. Secondly, you want to define your persona. Who or what type of person would be interested in this kind of information? Now, once you've defined that, and there's, you know, the, the quickest way, I'll just give you some quick questions you want to ask here really quick for defining your persona. Number one is you want to find out what their biggest sources of pain are, what scares them maybe, what keeps them awake at night, 
And these are bullet points that you can write down. What are the biggest danger if they don't, uh, that they don't even see yet? What are the things that you can foresee if they don't have this kind of information? What are their greatest opportunities by having your information? Mm. Do they have opportunities they don't even know about yet? And how can it change their life? And this is when we talk about transformation. What are your avatar's hopes and dreams? Those, these are questions, and I'm, using, I'm reading right specifically from the avatar we created for Street Smart Defender for Women. And we have a number of points under each one of those that defines, like, for example, who do they uh, or what do they aspire to be? Community protective, social injustice hero, avengers of human trafficking victims, a vigilante, you know, like, maybe we don't want everybody to be vigilantes. But no, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that. But, but in the sense of the protector, right, of the weak, uh, what do they want? Uh, why do they want to protect themselves? What are the signs they have? They have it or don't have it. So these are some avatar or persona questions, and you can certainly create some more of your own. But moving on to the next per- point is once you understand that, you want to find information that already exists out there pertaining to your avatar, your persona. And that's like um, you listen in conversations before you create a conversation. So you want to go to blogs. You want to go to forums. You want to see what questions and what fears they have when they're asking their questions or what things they're missing or that they lack. Uh, Facebook groups is a great place. Twitter feeds, podcasts, Yahoo Answers, or Amazon, Amazon reviews. Look at some of the book reviews that people are, are writing on Amazon pertaining to your persona or your avatar. And the next point, uh, point four, I would go to what platforms do you want to use? Mm. That, 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 that addressed your first question, which is the most valuable. Well, I would say I would learn uh, about these platforms first. If you don't understand websites, learn about websites. Learn about a blog. You don't need to be an expert. Learn about Twitter. Learn about Facebook and LinkedIn. I would say the, 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 the first social media properties you need to learn is Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I think it's important to understand Google+, and YouTube, and what an RSS feed is. And I really believe those are the first steps. Now, why I'm saying that... So, well, let me let me cut in. Let me cut in, sure. Carl, because you're giving a lot of information. And, sure. and just for our... And I love it. This is great. But just for our listeners, just so sure. they understand. So, when we originally engaged it, we were trying to understand, you know, what? how do I, how do I dive into the sea <laughs> of information yeah. if I've never had any uh, published content before? And if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you need to get studied up on some of the things that will immediately add value, like uh, becoming more aware of uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Having a better understanding of those things will allow them to get into the uh, publishing, I guess, place or space so they can really feel a little bit better, you know, about just delving into it. Because it sounds like it's a lot of information, but if they understand Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, then they can they can join the fray, you know, pretty easily at that point then, right? I agree with that. And, and, and here's something I would like to say here, because I, I tend to be a fire hose when I'm giving information. I appreciate that. The beauty is they can always stop listening to this. And <laughs> I kind of, you know, I you, if it's we good stuff. <laughs> I, look, I want you on my team, Carl, if we ever go on Jeopardy or anything like that. <laughs> okay, brother, I'm there. There you go. <laughs> so so, so here's, here's, the, here's the point um, that I'm making here. I'm not meaning to overwhelm people, but what I'm saying is to be able to discern where you want to get started with any type of content. And the beauty of online is you can start today. You don't have to go into a publishing house. You don't have to have editors. You don't have to all the not – not at the beginning. It's just getting started. So what I was saying at social media, there are so many new properties. There are so many new things coming out. You need to grasp the fundamentals. What yes. I was trying to tie this to when I was talking about football or martial arts or whatever, to me, understanding Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, what a blog is, a website, and how it works together is like, the funda- is like fundamental principles. Yes. So once you grasp the fundamentals, then you can make more of a, an intelligent, confident, you know what, I'm going to start with Twitter, or you know what, I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start just listening in Twitter and start adding followers and start paying attention to their conversations, and while you're doing that, you're doing these other things. You're determining what niche, or you've determined that already, you've determined, you've determined your persona, but now you're into listening for your, the conversation, and while you're doing that, you can be learning. The fact is, this is reality. We don't stop learning when we finish school. We just start. There you getting go. Your black, getting your black belt is not the beginning 
or not the end of something, it's the beginning of something. It, it means that you can act, you're actually a good student, and now you can start learning the real stuff, I suppose. Excellent. So I just want to, uh, just to conclude with this, uh, what I want to say is, so learn the fundamentals. You don't have to learn to be an expert, but learn the fundamentals, and then you're going to want to start aggregating or curating content. So let's say, for example, you do not, you're, you're not confident in building your own content right now. You're not confident in creating your own, own content, which is fair. What I do is I aggregate a lot of content from other experienced experts in the field, and I'll comment on their blog posts. I'll post their comments to their my Twitter, uh, my Twitter feed. I'll retweet their comments. And why I'm doing that is I'm acknowledging them. I'm respecting them. There's, the, the marketplace is so big. There's enough room for, for – you don't worry about it. What we need are people that are genuine, that are transparent, that are really that really care about providing valuable content, not a bunch of rehashed what everybody else is talking about, right. but something that can add your personality, your edge to the to the conversation. And I think that then you get into creating your own content. Then you start. It's like playing guitar. You don't start writing your own songs. Now some people have. There are those out there that are prodigies and they can they can they can write music right from the get go. But those of us that weren't as gifted have to learn other people's songs before we started writing our our own. No, and that's and that's yeah. good stuff too, Carl. I think at the end of the day, we want to extend the stream of understanding and learning. And if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you know you're saying if someone wants to jump into the fray and they want to begin to create content, uh, they want to begin to add to research. It's best to, like I said, be a part of Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, but then also make sure they are not trying to just halt themselves just take a look at what's out there already and i love what you described you know respect others you know you can take some of their information give them credit of course but then also make sure you are extending the stream of understanding that's something that you know i learned a long time ago i mean if you are in the business of just helping others you know achieve their goals uh i think zig ziglar said that a long time ago then you'll do extremely well and I'm hearing you say that that's a that's a great template to follow in that way. So that's great stuff. And I, I tell you what, everyone, we are really having a great conversation with Carl Sarfi here. He is the president and CEO of Maximum Business Performance, and he's making a difference. Uh, he's doing some things that are helping people to move forward in life. And and Carl, just by uh, listening to you, you have a lot of information to share. So I'm looking forward to some of those podcasts and some of the things that are going to be coming down the pike here from you. So, but Carl, let me let me ask you something now. If people, and this is going to be interesting, but if people feel like they can't write, or if people feel like, you know what, I just don't think I can put together any meaningful content. Carl, what would you tell them? Because I know it's a lot of people out there like that. Well, the fact is that's that's just not true. That's a that's a mental block. I, okay, now I know Simon Cowell says some people can't sing. I believe that you can always make a joyful noise. I would never ever discourage anyone from singing. Mm-hmm. You may not be on. Hey, you know, there's a you know, America has stars or Canada has stars or whatever. Uh, that doesn't matter. You know, the the let, let's hone it in here. Number one is you can, everybody has a comment. Every, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you got it over the years, the armchair quarterbacks. Everybody hears about them. Everyone's got an opinion. It doesn't matter what you're watching. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. got to chime in. You have an opinion, and your opinion matters. And there are a group of people that will listen to you because of your personality, because of your calling, because of your destiny, because of your future. That's reality. There's a many talk show hosts out there. Not everybody likes Larry King. You know, not everybody likes uh, Jay Leno. Not everybody likes, you know, whoever that personality happens to be at the time. But the fact is, they have their following. So you have to overcome the self-doubt. Uh, n- nothing, can, nothing can motivate you more than yourself. If you're not self-motivated, I mean, you look at a lot of companies don't hire unless someone's self-motivated. That's one of their prerequisites. If you're not self-motivated, they really don't want you. Absolutely. And then you have to understand, it's true, you know, in football, if you're not self-motivated, I told you about that story between uh, the Washington Redskins and the, and the um, uh, Buffalo Bills years ago. Yep. And Thurman, he got that thing in his head, and he made a bad play in the first quarter, and it cost them the game. And the announcers said it, I could see it from the very beginning, and it's the same thing in, in publishing content. 
if you're seeing the soup, let me share one quick story, a personal story. I played guitar for years, and I was into the heavy metal when I was younger. I'd listen to Black Sabbath and Nazareth and Ted Nugent and all that stuff. Those when I was young and rebellious, I was 17 years old. I was playing the guitar one day, and I was trying to learn a song by Ted Nugent, and it was all musical. It was all instrumental. There was no vocals in it at all. And what happened was I started playing this song called Great White Buffalo. I still remember the song to this day. And the guy did this blistering, Ted Nugent did this blistering lead on the guitar. And a thought came in my head, and the thought was, you'll never be that good. I put the guitar down, and I didn't play it for 10 years. Oh, wow. The point I'm making is the greatest motivator in the world is going to be you. If you do not believe in yourself, if you do not have the confidence, if you do not, if you have so much self-doubt, you can't overcome that. You're gonna have a hard time, not just publishing content, but really getting along in life. I think that's one of the biggest, biggest takeaways. It's so important. Yeah. So to, to, to answer your question now, in creating content, let's say you have, okay, well, okay, I believe in myself, but I can't produce content. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. You have to remember, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. If you want to get started, start by reading headlines. There's two major components involved in any content writing or copywriting the headline and the subhead the headline or the or the when you start a podcast the introductory statement that will invite you to the podcast you look at it as a headline that envelope that comes in direct mail it has the copy we call it teaser copy that gets you to open the mail free something inside that's called teaser copy this is like a headline Start looking at your different news channels like Fox News or Forbes or Inc. or whatever. Look at the articles and how they publish them, and look at the ones that get you to click on their article. Mm. You'll find that there are a lot of snippets out there that are trying to get your attention to get you. That's what I love about Twitter. You put a nice, engaging headline in there, and that's how you get mentions, retweets. And listen, I don't even have to produce the content, but I'm getting known as an expert in the industry because I do have a lot of background in publishing, but also because I've learned the system, I've learned that platform, and I said, how can I offer up even information I'm curating from someone else so that my followers will say, hey, Carl's giving us great information. It's not just my information I'm producing. About 80 or 90% of the content I put out there on Twitter is not even mine, but I love what's written. I believe in what they've written. I do read the articles. I read what they mean. I love the engagement, so I put it out there. That's the way to get started. Start yeah. by being having an uh, uh, an opinion about it. No, and that's that's good stuff, and that's what our readers need to hear. Now, I do have a bone to pick with you. I need you to do some more retweets for me, then, because hey, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm putting some good content out there. <laughs> you know what? I made a note of that, Doctor Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good stuff. Just poking fun at you, but I tell you what, Carl, the stuff that you're describing. I mean, even with some of the teaser uh, subject lines or headlines, you know, that's stuff that our listeners need to hear because for some people that are just delving into this and they're starting to try it you know they they need what i like to describe when i do my empowerment workshops they need those self-mastery moments they need to have those small wins you know if they're just getting into this and that's what you're talking about so that's good stuff good stuff you know what's really interesting and let's just break that down and i'll just focus on this for one moment what do i mean by headline and and, in the purpose of a headline and remember this this is a top car i learned this from clayton make He's, you know, here's a guy who charged like hundreds of thousands of dollars for his work. He's made lots and lots, millions of now, dollars. Who was that again? Could you say his name well, again, Carl? Clayton Makepeace. Okay, Clayton, Clayton Makepeace. Makepeace. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure you can get his material anymore. You might be able to, but I was one of his uh, studies, his understudies as well. And he did a some. He didn't just do one, but he did a number of copywriting courses and programs. I think he was doing eighty million dollars a year online at the time. If my number, if the, if the Number, uh, remember correctly. But let me say this about headlines. Headlines, the purpose of the headline or the Twitter copy or the Facebook copy or that, that, that opening statement, the whole purpose of it is to get you to read the next line or the subhead. Mm-hmm. So it's not to sell anything, it's to engage the person. And the thing about Twitter is you have 140 characters to be able to do that in. Now, out of, just out of respect, what we want to do is leave, if, if possible, we want to leave at least 10 or more characters at the end so that someone can actually put their handle in there or they can put a, a hashtag or, just, or they can make a con or whatever. They can post something there at the end. So it just, it's, just, it's respect. You don't use up a 
full 140 characters. But the point is, about the headline, is you want to use that to get them to click on it, or if you're writing a blog post, uh, to, to read the blog post, you want them to, to read the subhead. And once they read the subhead, it's so engaging, and the subhead might be two or three or four sentences. But it has to be, number one, self-serving to the reader. Mm-hmm. So everything you write, when you write, you have to write for the reader, not for yourself. You might think it's awesome, but it has to be something that's exciting for the reader. So how well, do you do that? <laughs> Carl, let me pause you there because I know that is, no, it's good stuff. I think one of the things that I need our listeners to understand is that, hey, it's not about you, <laughs> what you just described. You know, it's not about, well, I'm going to Starbucks to get a Vente, whatever. No, <laughs> the reality is that how can I serve and give information that my listeners can use? So I just wanted to pause there so people would understand, yes, that is a huge thing. If you want more followers, if you want more interaction, make sure you are serving those people that are tuning in or those people that are watching your feeds, whatever it may be. So, yeah, go on, proceed, but I just want people to understand (laughs) you you triggered a funny thought here because it's really interesting because i think one of the biggest reasons people don't do that they don't uh, i think it goes back to the fear thing uh, people have a great idea they think they're only going to have one so they hold on to the idea and they want to sell it Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking wait a minute here you know if you have one you can have two what's really interesting when you start really digging into this information world that we live in, this digital world, and start really learning and transforming your life with the information. It's when your life is transformed that you can transform other lives. You know, when you said, you know, Carl, slow down, break, you know, and I thought, I, I, I didn't get on this call to give you one or two ideas. I got on this call because I absolutely want to do a dump. I, I want to, because I have so much to give. I want to you know, the law of sowing and reaping, well, you know, that's just part of my life. I just want people to get this, and I can't teach you the black belt stuff until you get the white belt stuff first, and if you're just getting started, we can't talk about how to get, I, I, you know, here's something, don't buy these products that say how to get 10,000 followers and 100,000 followers and all that stuff. They're trying to do shortcuts. Just do it right. If you do it right, you've got a really nice, solid base to build from, and not only that, but you're trusted and respected. It may take you longer to build a quality thing, mm-hmm. but when you build that thing, it's going to be unshakable. My father was a, a tradesman from Hungary. He was also a master mechanic and industrial engineer, and, and his trade was upholstery. Mm. In the old country, Europeans, when they built stuff, it lasts 50, 60 years. Right. So build like a tradesman. We're the craftsmen. I think that's the point. Uh, in Winnix. Don't be afraid of giving away your ideas because you'll only get more of them. Yeah, and that's a good thing, you know, and I think that as long as people understand that it's a progression, you know, if I had to pick out one nugget of what you had just shared there, the reality is that it's a progression and it's almost like that cornerstone, you know, if if you're able to build, you know, with a very solid foundation, uh, you will have long-term success. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we're talking about here, how publishing can really open a door to tremendous opportunities and also legacy, long-term legacy. So start slow, you know, get the, the Twitter, the Facebook, all those different things. We start talking about content, you know, but make sure you're intentional and make sure you continue to weave a tapestry in that way. Now, let me let me just pause here for a second. You know, just want to let everybody know we're talking to Carl Sarfi. This guy is amazing. <laughs> he's, he's talking about a lot of great things today. And, and I think that if you want to connect with him, you know, Carl's going to give you you his uh, website address in a minute here, but Maximum Business Performance, you want to take a look because Carl not only does uh, publishing, but he also does uh, speaking, training as well. And and Carl, if people want to get in contact with you, where do they need to go and how do they do that? Well, MaximumBusinessPerformance.com is the website address. I have another one, Carl at iManageSocial.com. But you can email me at carl at maximumbusinessperformance.com or carl at imanagesocial.com, and that's Carl with a C. Excellent, Carl. Thank you for that. Now, let me ask you, if someone is thinking about writing their own content, but they feel like, ah, I may not be able to do it, do you think it's a good idea, you know, for them to get someone else to write content for them? And if so, you know, where would they find them? Boy, that's a great question because this is the biggest. Here's the interesting thing is, you know, you have a voice. You're unique. You're distinct. 
and I'm speaking specifically to you, Dr. Jason, um, you have a unique voice. You have a unique way of presenting things. Oh, thank so you. if you had someone, and, and it's, it's true, it's very inspirational. I've, I've watched your videos. I've listened to some of your interviews. I love that. The one, I, I forget where it was, but it was Marvin Smith was interviewing. It was awesome. I enjoyed it about the, uh, talking about the different initiatives you're involved in. But let me say that the important thing is you have to be original. Everyone wants to be a copy. You have a, your own unique voice. So if someone's writing for you, and here's some uh, ideas that you can go to. You can go to uh, Fiverr.com, for example. Fiverr has some great sources, and I would only select the people that have uh, elite status, mm. their high-level status. So you know the work is going to be done right. It's going to be done properly. And here is the big key. You have an idea. Let's say you want to write about a certain topic, and they'll do uh, you know, 100 words, 500 words, or whatever for a certain amount of money. You, do, you, you become the general editor then. It's that, now it's your responsible. You can take that content and you can rewrite that content in your own voice. In other words, how you would say it. Mm -hmm. You might not use some of the adjectives or some of the technical terms mm -hmm. that someone may write uh, in. But sure. you, under, you may even have to look up some of them, what the words mean, and that's okay. You're trying to speak to your audience. It's the same way when you're writing a script. You may have someone else write your script, but that is that is basically what we call a draft. Mm -hmm. Draft doesn't mean uh, final work. So you want to take that draft and you want to look to it and say, well, you know what? I like the way they wrote it. One example I can, uh, I'll give you is I have uh, a number of clients in a number of different industries. I build their sites for them. I've done membership sites. I've done, uh, you name the sites, I've pretty much built them. And I, that's another that's another podcast. Yeah, but, we may have to bring you back on for that because I, I tell you what, there are so many intricacies to putting those sort of things together. So, yeah, we'll talk absolutely. about that, Carl. <laughs> sure. No, that's fantastic. But, but it relates to the digital world, specifically when you're building web pages. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, I don't have the staffing or the time or anything to do all that, so I source that, and I actually edit the content, and I create the the content uh, subjects. Okay. So, for example, if I'm building pages on bathroom fixtures, well, I don't know a lot about bathroom fixtures, but I know what good writing looks like. Mm -hmm. So I'll have someone talk about this particular brand or whatever, and I'll have the client pays for the, the, the pages to get built. So what I do is I outsource the content, but I create the content, then I optimize that content as well. But the content is written very well. I'm not talking about content that is, um, I'm trying to uh, think of the term because I don't use them. Uh, it's pre, it's re, it's generated content. It's it's it's. Uh, Auto, uh, it's so you're auto thinking automated or something? Automated along? generate. No, oh. I don't do that. I actually get content written by writers. Excellent. And you know, I, I, another place I go to is iWriter.com. It's an iWriter.com, and I only use the elite writers in there, and it'll cost me between. 10 and 15 or maybe $20 uh, uh, per per piece to get written. However, well, when I was working with an immigration lawyer, me paying that much money for, for, so for 10 pages, I'd pay $200, but they were paying me well over above that, so I would incorporate that into the cost of, of my production. Well, and let me switch gears here now specifically, sure. and we're, you know, we only have about three minutes left here, Carl. So let me ask you this. If you're doing something like that, what would you use that content for? And just give me a brief, you know, synopsis. What would you use it that for? It depends on the technicality of the writing. It could be for an immigration lawyer, as I just said. It could be for someone who's... Uh, selling flooring or another client that I have or selling windows or a window manufacturer. It can be for a number of different niches. Okay. So, okay. so yeah, it's just not relegated to one particular niche. I don't, that's not me. I work in a diversity of niches. Excellent. All right. Well, let me hit the pause button here for a second, Carl, because it is time for Dr. Carthen's Corner. And you guys know each week I feature an individual company or service that demonstrates civic engagement and shows a commitment to character and integrity and destiny focused leadership and if you ever have a chance take a look on twitter that is certainly a hashtag that i use very often but uh, destiny focused this week i am featuring the leaders of tomorrow initiative uh, the lot initiative focuses upon three programmatic initiatives that form the basis for their activities and their successful outcomes 
Those programmatic initiatives or the pillars are family, education, and community. It is their belief that if those pillars are effectively targeted, many social and family challenges and barriers can be eliminated in a very positive way. If you would like to get involved with their mentoring program or their outreach efforts, make sure you take a look at their website at www.thelotinitiative.org or you can give them a call to get involved with the mentoring program at 330-425-0962. A, a great shout out to the Lot Initiative. They're doing a lot of things. I know I may be a little biased. I'm directly connected with the Lot Initiative, but I tell you what, if you want to be involved with a program that has some great outcomes for young people, then take a look at the Lot Initiative. Uh, we'd love to hear from you in that way. We have been talking to Carl Sarfi, and Carl has just been putting on a clinic here. That's what I used to tell people <laughs> back in the day. But he's been sharing about the ideas of publishing and how it can really open the doors to tremendous opportunities and a lasting legacy. He's the president and CEO of Maximum Business Performance. And I tell you what, I want you to reach out to Carl. Make sure you connect with him on Twitter. Get involved with some of the things that he's doing. And Carl, I think we're going to have you back on the show because you have so much information today. I think we need a part two at some point. How does that sound? Well, that sounds wonderful, and I'm going, oh, man, I'm going to have even more information then. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's not a bad thing. Well, Carl, again, just thank you for being on the show. Uh, it's It's been great to have you on here, and we have truly enjoyed you, okay? Thank you. God bless you, Dr. Jason. Absolutely. No problem. Now, to our listeners, hey, just want to remind you, we have the I Speak Life Academy workshops that are going to be coming up in March. On March 28th, you can actually uh, register online if you go to jasoncarthen.com or you can call the offices at 1-855-227-8436. And also, just as a reminder, everybody, we have three free success videos. You just navigate to, J- navigate to jasoncarthen.com and give us your information and we will send those things to you thank you all so much for being involved today we are always always excited when you tune in and connect with us we care about your growth and your personal development make sure you tune in again next time and make sure you stay connected with us with a destiny focus Thank you for listening to Discover the Leader in You with international leadership and business expert, Dr. Jason Carthen. Dr. Jason wants to connect with you right now. Check out our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Be sure to join us again next week to discover the leader in you.